Welcome back for episode two of Unwritten Rules, an Iowa Cubs podcast. I'm Randy Wayhofer, Vice President and Assistant General Manager for the iCubs, and today we'll have part two of our conversation with our owner and chairman, Michael Gartner. If you missed part one, you missed great stories about how Michael bought the team and fun memories with former managers Mike Quaddy and Ryan Sandberg, among other topics. In this episode, we'll talk about how Michael and Judge Pratt brought the annual citizenship ceremony to the ballpark, Michael's love of dog days, and the missed opportunity to bring minor league baseball to Dubuque over a decade ago. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to get all the great behind-the-scenes stories of Principal Park and minor league baseball with unwritten rules and Iowa Cubs podcast. And now, part two of my conversation with Iowa Cubs chairman and owner, Michael Gartner. I want to switch gears back to some things at the ballpark uh, and and give people a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at a couple of important things that we've really become known for as a as an organization one of those is the citizenship ceremony oh, that we do it. every fourth of july and you and judge pratt kind of put that together uh and and brought it to us as a staff to put together and uh certainly he on, on his end tell us about uh where that idea was born from and 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 how we've got it to the point that it's at bob pratt is a federal judge now he's a senior federal judge in in uh, for the Southern District of Iowa in Des Moines. And he's a wonderful man and a friend of mine. And we were having lunch one day in the Cub Club. And he said, uh, what would you think if we swore in new citizens at the ballpark? And I said, I'm in. <laughs> I said, how do we do it? And he said to me, well, how do we do it? And I said, well, you know, uh, what do you, how do you normally do it? And he said, well, we bring him down to court, and it's pretty fast. And I say a few words. And I said, well, this has got to be better than that. This, you know, this has got to be out in the field and everything. So we figured out it was August. And we, then we lined them up in the field, and we put their names on the scoreboard and everything. And, and it was enormous. It was moving. It was, it was successive, fantastic and, and, and emotional. And, and he gave this beautiful talk. And, so, and it was great. And the crowd went crazy. And so we're walking off the field, and I said to him, next year, 4th of July, I said, motherhood, independence, citizenship, baseball, I said, 4th of July. So we've been doing it on every 4th of July uh, since then, and we've sworn in uh, well over 500 new citizens from probably 40 or 50 countries. We line them, the new citizens up, as you know, on uh, the uh, foul line between home plate and and third base, we run their names and their countries and the scoreboard, uh, the ribbon board, as they're uh, introduced. Each is introduced. We take, we run the oath of office, uh, that or the oath of uh, citizenship that they take. We put that up on the scoreboard, and then Pratt gives this fantastic three-minute talk about how we know, I know you've renounced allegiance to your country, but you haven't announced allegiance to your customs, to your friends, to your relatives, to your religion, and we, th- and we hope you will never, that, that, that that's what you bring to us, is this great diversity, and, and he goes on and about that, and it's really touching, and everything. so touching, so touching that I got to get the mood back to baseball before we start, so <laughs> I've started saying at the end, I, then I say, I'd like to say a word, Judge, and I look at him and I says, there's only one thing, says, you do have to swear allegiance to the Iowa Cubs. And that kind of <laughs> breaks the mood and gets back to baseball. And then we always have somebody, one of the people throughout the first pitch as well. One time, uh, several years ago, 
uh, after the ceremony, I was walking down the walkway and this big, probably six foot four, six foot five Ecuadorian came by and remembered he'd been sworn in that day and he had one of those huge tall boy cans of beer and he raised it and he looked, he recognized me and he raised it and he, he looked at me and he took a swig. He says, I'm American now. <laughs> <laughs> had you ever heard Judge Pratt's speech? No. As part of that before he did it here? No. It's no. the best, one of the best yeah. things ever yeah. written to Surprise understand me. what America is about. I mean, I know him, but I had never been to a citizenship ceremony. Since then, I've been to a couple that weren't here. Uh, but I've never, I've never seen one as, as great as this. And, and uh, uh, people come from all over the state now to see it. It's got a lot of, uh, uh, picked up a lot of, uh, of uh, fame, I guess. Or, uh, and that's kind of the beauty of minor league baseball is what we have the opportunity to do here is blend a game that we love and is entertaining and an event and a place to be with other things that we're passionate about. Uh, and certainly the human condition uh, and, and human rights and, and things are certainly a part of what you're passionate about too uh, and is related to that. Tell us a story about posting the First Amendment in the oh, concourse I've and being always, the only ballpark in America that I've, has I'm it. sure it is. I've always, you know, and being a newspaper man, you you cherish right there with your family. You cherish the First Amendment, you know. Otherwise, you'd be in jail. And 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 uh, so I said to Judas Essie, who's a First Amendment lawyer, my partner, and I said, you know, we ought to post the First First Amendment. So we had a big copy of the First Amendment posted, and we it's down in the concourse there. And and Sam or somebody said to me, why are we doing that? And I said, well, I said, if people are going to come down here and they're going to shout, kill the umpire, I says, at least they're going to know why, why they have the right to shout it. Uh, and, uh, but the nice thing is you walk by and you'll see some father with his daughter and pointing up to it and trying to explain it to him and, and everything. And it's really, uh, it's a nice thing. It's been up there since probably the second week we've owned the, we've owned the team. Uh, and it's nice. Most people don't notice it, but those who do... Uh, uh, I've never heard anybody complain about it, let me put, put it that way. It's like when we stopped smoking. The first thing, I think the first thing Mike and I did when we bought the team was we banned smoking in the stands and in the restaurant. And this was before smoking was banned. And I got to tell you, one person, came, I mean, everybody said, oh, my God, you know, we're going to lose all these customers. It's going to be awful. And why are you doing this? And I said, you know, baseball's wholesome. You know, we don't want people up there. Little kids come down here. And we don't want somebody to say, you know, I had my first cigarette when I was 11 years old at, at the ballpark in Des Moines. You know, we just don't want that. And so one person complained, and about 50 came up and thanked me, and the cleaning bill in the restaurant went way down uh, from the ceiling tiles. Uh, so uh, it was a nice thing, and, and now nobody even thinks about uh, smoking in, in here uh, uh, and now, of course, you can't smoke anywhere sure. except in the privacy of your uh, bathroom at home, I guess. <laughs> another, uh, we didn't create this promotion, but I know another one that's close to your heart is our Dog Day. Oh, I love Dog Day Promotion. <laughs> uh, and, and everybody who's come to one knows exactly where you're going to be on, yeah. on the days down, down greeting all the dogs. Where uh, our, our ability to intersect your love for baseball and your love for dogs, where did that passion for, for dogs come from? I just always loved dogs. We had a dog for a while growing up but not for a long time and but I've always loved dogs and when uh, I moved to New York as I got out of college and worked there for 14 years at the Wall Street Journal but moved back to Des Moines and and uh, right away we started having kids and dogs and cats and 
everything. And uh, I just love dogs. We always, I especially love big dogs. And, and I think this current dog we have is the eighth dog. And so on dog days, I go down and I greet every dog. Now I take a couple of my grandkids with me down there so they can, they can greet the dog. I like to greet the fans. I, I spend most of my time at the game just walking around, talking to fans, uh, sitting there talking to them. And, and it's a good thing to do because some of them have good ideas. Occasionally somebody has a complaint, although I was a newspaper man all my life, and, 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 you know, a third of your readers are mad at you on any given day. And down here, very seldom do you have somebody who's mad about uh, uh, something unless the ball broke the windshield out in the ball out in the parking lot or something. And, uh, but a lot, they have good ideas, and they just want to talk to the owner. And, uh, the owner, Sam, or Mike, and I, or my son, Mike, uh, we walk around, and, and uh, uh, so... Uh, I figured if I greet the owner, I greet the fans. I might as well greet the dogs too. <laughs> Speaking of, of fan requests, you know, there's lots of things that even in my short time being around in the concourse a little bit, I get the. Did you ever think of uh, this? And, and most of the time, we've thought of it, and, and sometimes it's hard to make it happen. Sometimes we're working on it, and it'll be happening soon. Is is there anything that you remember uh, in, in talking with a fan where you go, uh, where you just thought? That was a funny story, or, or My people one. understand don't really understand our nature with the Chicago Cubs a lot. We get a lot of those kinds of things, but what, what, what's something that stands out? For my favorite, my favorite one was not with me, but with Sam. It was the Fourth of July or the Third of July. It was a fireworks night, and the uh, I guess it's the Des Moines Pops or somebody has fireworks. Maybe the same night, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they were having them that night and we were having them the next, something like that. But anyway. It was an extra inning game, and the game was going on and on, and, and they didn't want to do their fireworks in the game because, among other things, our lights are all on and everything. And so they called up Sam, the person in charge called up Sam and says, could you just delay the game for about 15 minutes so we can shoot <laughs> off our fireworks? <laughs> and I'm sure they thought it was a perfectly reasonable request, <laughs> that they didn't think about pitchers' arms or they didn't think about the momentum of the game or, or anything like that. They're, well, those guys are good guys. They'll just, let's just call them up and ask them to delay the game for 15 or 20 minutes while we shoot off our fireworks. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a classic, I think. Uh, uh, but there's always people who, who have, you know, call up and they'll say, the other thing is that they'll say, you know, my nephew is a really good second baseman for the Swaledale High School. Uh, think you can give them a tryout? I mean, they just don't understand that we're not in the baseball business. You know, we're in the venue business, that the Chicago Cubs control every aspect of baseball here. They, pay, they choose the players, they pay the players, they decide who's, who's playing, they decide who's called up and who's sent down and who's cut loose. And I could no more call up the Chicago Cubs and say, hey, there's a real good kid up in uh, Swaledale, then they could call me and say, you know, we got a friend who sells hot dogs. Could you put his hot dogs in there instead of your hot dogs? And, and there's lots of stuff like that, which is just, I mean, I didn't know any of that stuff till I, till I bought the team. Thank God for Sam, you know, when I bought the team. And uh, the second thing that uh, Branch Rickey said to me after, how do you feel about paying more for this team than anybody in, the, in history? Uh, he said to me, it's going to be a great success. And I said, why? And he says, here's what makes a team. He says, you've got a great ballpark in a good location. You've got a great 
affiliate with the Chicago Cubs. You've got, you've got a great tradition. Uh, you've kind of, there's no, there's no major league sport in town or anything like that. And you've got a great general manager. And he said, you've got a great lease with the city. And he says, that's what, that's the difference between success uh, and, and failure. And Sam's been here ever since, and he is a great general manager, a president, uh, and uh, he's the guy who makes it run. I mean, he's, he goes to meetings. I, I quit going to meetings some time ago. I said, I don't need to go to meetings, Sam. You're in the back room. You know, I, uh, we don't need to both go. Uh, and he's Mr. Baseball. Yeah. It, walking through the winter meetings with Sam is a lot like walking through the airport with Willard Scott. Yeah, you that's right. Very you know, far yeah. <laughs> without somebody wanting to get a few minutes with them or, or at least to say hello. Um, I guess the, the last thing I had for today, we, we could probably do several of these, and we probably will over the course of this, but we'll come full circle in the ownership realm and uh, just demonstrate how not easy all of the things that you just talked about are finding. Um, there was a time that you guys looked to expand the ownership footprint in minor league baseball uh, with buying the team in Battle Creek in hopes of moving the single-A team to, to Dubuque. What, what is the backstory on why you were interested in going beyond just the Iowa Cubs in, in terms of minor league baseball and, and really how hard it is to change gears in, in a market. The team in Battle Creek came up for, first of all, I wanted to buy the Davenport team and keep it in Davenport, but some events intervened and I didn't get it. I thought I was going to get it. I thought I had a deal. But anyway, so Battle Creek came up and I had been head of a thing called Vision Iowa for Governor Vilsack, in which we put a lot of state money uh, all in places all around the state matched with it. And it was a huge success. We leveraged $250 million into $3 billion of spending. And one of the places we went was Dubuque. And Dubuque is a terrific town, and it's a great baseball town. You know, it's the only city in America now that has a place called Comiskey Park. And uh, so... Uh, I thought we could put a team there. So we bought the team in, uh, in uh, Michigan with the hopes that we could move it. So I went to the city manager and some people up there, and I said, you know, I'll move a team. I now own a Class A team, and we will move it to Dubuque if you will build a park. And there was a perfect place to build a park, right down by the river, which had all been redeveloped. And so I had the plans drawn up and could build this park, and it was going to be fantastic. And... Dubuque was a rich town. It's like Des Moines. It's got uh, uh, gambling that the the city owns, basically, uh, the dog track and casino. And so uh, I said, but I'm not going to put any money into it, uh, into the ballpark. You've got to build the ballpark. I'll give you a lease. I'll pay a lot of money for a lease, but I know it'll work. I've been around baseball. I've been around Dubuque. I know it'll work, and it would have worked. And so the mayor at the time, said, well, I won't do it without a bond issue. Well, he could have easily done it without a bond issue. Bond issues don't pass very easily. And, and so we were going to have, they were going to have a bond issue. But I was still, we had the support of all the retired nuns and the retired priests and everybody up there and the business community and the unions. And about three weeks before the election, a uh, conservative uh, uh, anti-abortion group Right to Life group found out that I was the master of ceremonies to be going to be the master of ceremonies at a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood in Des Moines. So they 
papered the town with this. Is this the kind of guy you want to do business in Dubuque? A guy who, who was supporting Planned Parenthood. Next thing you know, there'll be an abortion clinic on Main Street. So we go up for the, the election, and Mike Judas and I are standing there in City Hall as the votes are coming in precinct by precinct, and we're just getting wiped out. Just getting wiped out. And Judas says he looked at me and he says, I'll tell you one thing, that's what. And he says, we're not going to have to ask for a recount. I mean, it, was, it, wasn't, even, it wasn't even close. And uh, so uh, it lost. Uh, and I told him, I said, this is your only chance. If it, vote, if it votes down, I'll just sell the team. Uh, I only want to own a team in Iowa. I love Iowa. I don't want to own a team in Michigan or Illinois or Wisconsin. And so it was overwhelmingly defeated, and I sold the team. It's now in... Uh, owned by Dow Chemical. I didn't sell it. It's been sold again once in Midland, Michigan now. And uh, since then, everyone comes up, oh, you know, can we get, I said, you know, teams aren't a dime a dozen and you had your chance. Oh, but it was a big mistake. You know, I'm sorry, but, uh, but it wasn't there. And that's really, uh, that's really too bad, you know, that. Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it's good to tell both sides of the story. As a, as a journalist, you know that there's, always reasons and reactions and yeah. and, and, and things and, and missed opportunities. And, and I think those are the kinds of stories that make us understand just how lucky we are to be in the midst of something that works as well um, as the Iowa Cubs in, in Des Moines because it's not just a push of the button uh, kind of thing. No, it's got, it takes all these people like you and Sam and, and uh, Shelby and Scott and everybody else. Uh, uh, it's got the greatest staff in the world here, which makes it look like looks like it's a smooth operation, but you know it's never a smooth operation. Uh, and the other thing you forget when you work here is how magic it is. How magic it is, the field. You know, if you stay to a little kid before a game, hey, come on, you want to come down the field with me? Oh my God, you know, or you give him a baseball. I go down the dugout before every game and I pick up a couple baseballs, and about the sixth or seventh inning, I'll find a little kid who's watching the game, you know, and I'll say, hey, buddy, did you. And he has a glove. I said, you catch a ball to get? No. I said, see if you can catch this. And I'll toss him a ball. Invariably, the next day, I'll get an email from his dad. You know, oh, he slept with the ball under his pillow or, or something like that. And that's building the, building the fans uh, up. And it's a great thing to do. And, and uh, uh, um, the manager said to me one day, he says, you know, how many balls? You're giving away more balls than, than, we're using, than, we're, than we're using. But, you know, I mean, most people, like, uh, most people don't know how many balls are used in a game. You know, we go through 140, 150 game, balls a night. I think they rub up 12 dozen balls before every game and watch them throw, watch them throw it out. Watch the umpires throw them out. Watch, watch at the end of every half inning. Watch the player throw it out. Watch, them, watch some guy foul off six in a row, you know. Uh, and... Uh, uh, but the, the 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 game is magic. The field is magic. It's magic to watch it. It's just a great uh, it's a great thing. Well, thank you for your time and your stories today. We, we probably will do this again because there's more things to tell uh, as we go along. But the whole point of this was to um, give people a little behind the scenes glimpse of uh, the people at the ballpark and the, the stories that go along with it. Um, because when it's more personal, it's more fun. Uh, when you come here, and, and, and that's the goal for, for the podcast. So uh, thank you to Michael Gartner, uh, chairman and, and owner of the Iowa Cubs, and we'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.